This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Coming up on today's show, a teaser for the new Mass Effect, Forza Horizon 5 had a big week, and Mari Takahashi is here. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello, and special guest Mari Takahashi is here. Yeah, oh my goodness, I don't know why it sounded like your whole intro was like a song, but I was bopping to it. Oh, oh, nice. I'm glad that you thought so. For people who aren't familiar with Mari, she is a host, a gamer, an actor, and recently announced co-owner of Space Station Gaming. It's so good to finally have you on the show. Mari and I have known each other for eight years now. That sounds I think that's right. Yeah. Maybe maybe nine? Oh, I don't know. Oh, what is time? Yeah, it's close to nine years, I think. Uh, we met back in the early days of Smosh Games when that thing just kind of sprouted into being when I was working with the guys at Clever Games and you, of course, were working with the team at Smosh. And everyone kind of was like, yo, I think that you know, making something with Smosh and gaming would be cool. And then boom, Smosh Games was born. Yes, yes. The, the history runs deep. And thank you so much for having me on the show as well. I'm so glad to be here. Um, yeah, I, I, the, the, the YouTube history books are something that I feel like somebody's got to write it at some point. But um, I'm, I'm so grateful that that Clever Games and Smosh came together, created Smosh Games. You were like really one of the first mentors I had in the space. And from the get-go, I was like, who is this well-informed, like well-spoken professional badass? I'm like, I am going to watch her like a hawk. Stop it. You're so kind. For That's real nice. though. For real. I was like, all right, I've, I'm learning. I'm getting my notebook out. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I always had mad respect for your, your work ethic. And not only is she an amazing gamer and really really funny and great on camera and a hard worker but you do so many other things which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show uh not you know including um your uh ballerina uh which some people probably don't know about and you also do stunt choreography which is pretty cool and you know now you're a owner of an esports team which is incredible so, so uh, Mari and I have decided that we've probably met at an E3 convention at some point. Andrea said she introduced us. I was probably drunk off of whiskey. But I've known you, air quotes here, for maybe 30 minutes, and you're already one of the most interesting people I've ever met. Ballerina, <laughs> ballerina stunt, co-owner of an esports team. 
Like, I am very excited to get to know you, friend. Oh, I appreciate that. And, and I'm glad that we drunkenly met each other at some point. Um, drinking whiskeys at probably 11 a.m. at E3. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Which, you if you've never been at, at E3, this is par. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. on a Tuesday. Yes. Friends yep. of the show, uh, one, the Jovenshire, um, was with you, and so was Lasercorn. And that, that checks out. <laughs> so, uh, it was a fun time. Um, we got to get the gang back together. It'll be great. Um, but welcome, everybody, to the show. I do want to go ahead and kick things off by saying thank you to our Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, Alex Argopoulos, David Icolucci, Ferris Atia, Justin Foshi, Matthew Goderen, and Punctified. And welcome to our Patreon community, Mike Adamson. If you guys want to be part of our Patreon community, you can do so at patreon.com slash what's good games, where you can join a bevy of membership options including getting the show ad free speaking of ads this show is brought to you by Shin Megami Tensei 5 and Fixture Gaming but we'll tell you more about them later Brittany it looks like we have a few new podcast reviewers we do we have T-Man 25 Maddie at podcasting you and Vinny Lee Thank you so much for the kind words, friends. They keep us afloat during these sleep-deprived weeks, and they give us that little boost to keep on keeping that WGG engine going. I don't know where I'm going with this. It no, just sounded good at the time. you said the right thing, because it's Thanks. tough these days, everybody. And if you can't throw us a couple bucks because, you know, uh, we understand that not everybody can, you can throw us a couple of your minutes of your time by leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. So let's get into the news. It's a little bit of a light news week this week, but I had a couple of things that I wanted to bring up so we could chat about. Um, first of which is Jeff Keeley did an interview with Brian Crescente, weirdly posted on Epic Games' website. Yeah. Which I was like, huh. Huh. <laughs> huh? That's, that's an odd way that's to a do a, a press release. But, you know, whatever, I guess. Um, IGN did a little write-up of it since I didn't want to cover all of Brian's interview. Of course, if you want to see it, you can go to epicgames.com and just hit, go to their news section. You can read the whole interview that Jeff did with him. Um, but he confirmed that there's going to be double-digit new game announcements for the Game Awards this year. I happened to bump into Mr. Keeley at the Arcane League of Legends premiere that I went to, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. And he was talking a lot about how excited he is for the show this year and how he's got a ton of big announcements. It sounds like it's going to be his biggest show yet with what he expects to feature 40 to 50 games in some way or another this year that are expected to release in 2022 and 2023. <laughs> so, ladies, any, um, any thoughts on what we might see? Ugh, I mean... We're going to do a Brit prediction here, a.k.a. something that's not going to happen. But buckle in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so we all remember that little NVIDIA leak that happened. God, I don't even know what time it is anymore. A few weeks ago, a few months ago, who could say? Same thing. Um, there was a little uh, game on that leak, ladies, and it was the Final Fantasy IX Remake. Now, mm. there's a Final Fantasy IX cartoon coming, although Square Enix hasn't like officially confirmed it. I don't know if the network maybe jumped the gun on that one, but regardless, it has been confirmed to be happening. Uh, Final Fantasy IX is also featured prominently in the trailer for that new like go-kart game that they have, the Cho Chocobo, what I think is whatever. Cho Chocobo and GP Racing? XP? GP? You have a fucking good memory. Godspeed, baby girl. You're like <laughs> impressing me. Damn. I'm pretty sure, yeah, it's Chocobo GP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> and then there was just a blog post that went up yesterday on, I think it was the PlayStation blog about Final Fantasy IX and how difficult 
it was to get all of the all of the game on i think it was the four discs back in the day on playstation and and at the end it was all like we hope you continue to support final fantasy 9 into the future i'm just saying i you know i am grasping at every fucking straw that i can find right now but my god that's that's my new obsession is that's the new game i'm hyper focusing on it's ocarina of time remake and now final fantasy 9 remake so Mm. that's the thing that's probably not gonna happen but i'd love it to but realistically, I mean, I'm thinking like, okay, Hogwarts Legacy, um, maybe some Dying Light too. You know, stuff that we already know about, but it's not as yeah. exciting. You know what I mean? As Final Fantasy IX Remake. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it does sound exciting. It sounds almost too exciting for the Game Awards, knowing Square Enix. They want all that glory to themselves. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that would be like something they would do it either in its own showcase or it would be in their E3 showcase next summer. It just seems like such a waste not to do it now, though, because I feel like this is the big first event where everyone's going to mm. actually be there. Like, yes, we're, true. we're getting together. We are. Yes. Yeah, so Jeff did that's... confirm. Oh, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's going to be in person. It's gonna, There's going to be a live audience. And I think that at least for those of us who are in the industry, it's going to be extremely exciting to be able to not only see friends, but like see games again, like in real life happening in the you know like on a big stage in a big way it's been a very long time it feels like forever since we've been able to come together and celebrate that way it has been it'll be almost two years once we get to march 2022 because that was the last time i saw britney in person march 2020 that's criminal for real yeah for real for real because we both got pregnant and so there was no traveling when it when it finally became like safe enough i think for us when we all got kind of got collectively comfortable with air travel you know britney and i were in the throes of pregnancy and, and neither of us were willing to risk it um, even though, you know, it was relatively safe to get on airplanes, you know, over last winter. And then, you know, we had babies. So, <laughs> my gosh, yeah. I didn't realize you guys hadn't seen each other this whole time. I mean, I guess I that's the, the the beauty of digital and, and staying connected this way. But yeah, yeah. God I, bless I, video conferencing for sure. And I am mm-hmm. very glad that Jeff confirmed that he's going to be following very strict COVID protocols uh, for the yes. Game Awards, going um, have capacity. That's why it's invite only, why he's not selling tickets this year and everyone has to have confirmed um, vaccinations and all that. So he's um, doing his due diligence. I'm very excited about it. Um, he did tout some really spectacular numbers saying the Game Awards jumped from 43 million viewers to 83 million viewers. Damn. Um, into 2020. Um, that's incredible. I yeah. That's so amazing. Um, he apparently told Brian, you know, maybe if we hit 100 million, that would be something. But yeah, I mean, we're obviously not going to be doubling every year. That's not sustainable. But honestly, we don't really think that much about the numbers. We just make the best show we can. Now, I appreciate that he's being like humble right there. But of course, he's thinking about the numbers because any digital media producer does because that's how you sell sponsorships. But you know, congrats, Jeff, on making a great show and having some crazy numbers. And I'm personally looking forward to seeing the awards this year. That We got the new Mass Effect announcement last year. Was that last? Oh, yeah, that's right. Because we were all dressed up on camera doing a live stream react. I remember that. 
Yep. Wow. It was the last trailer of the night and they just like dropped that. That's right. Dropped it on oh. us. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. my God, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> but what about y'all? Is there any games that you were looking forward to hopefully hearing about? I mean, like Beyond Good and Evil, is that going to happen? Oh, I've lost hope on Beyond Good <laughs> and Evil too, honestly. Like I don't, I have no idea what's happening with that game. Um, Ubisoft hasn't shown that they are willing to do big announcements at the game awards as a publisher and i think that's because they you know have their own tentpole showcases as well and they have their own internal media team which they utilize a lot of great people working over there on their comms team but we might get something from xbox um because they have a lot of cool stuff i think in the tank that they're working on i think maybe we could get something from nintendo but i don't know what it would be breath of the wild 2 Info? Maybe a look at that. Mm-hmm. That could be cool. Yeah, that a look at sense. that. That's probably going to be coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of somebody who's a little off the beaten path but has a big announcement that they could could share. <sighs> you know a game I really want to hear something about? And I know this game has gone through like probably some of the worst development hell, but Dead Island 2. Like, where is that? Oh, yeah. I, I just thought it right? was dead, literally. No, it's uh, Dead Island. Island. Is that Deep Silver? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's gone through a lot of devs. I believe this is the one. It started with Techland, and they obviously went on to do Dying Light. But last I checked, it was being developed by Dambuster Games, mm. I think is what it was. And they I can't remember what they've done, but I want to know where that bad boy well, is. Well, if it's not Dead Island, can we get another Saints Row? Because well, I, 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 all I want is another Saints yeah, Row. Yeah, they announced it. We are getting it. Yeah, Really? At Gamescom. Yeah. yeah. Five? Saints Row Reboot. No, it's not technically uh-huh. Saints Row 5. It's, um. well, I mean... Does it, it feels Wait. like a five though because it's a, like a spiritual successor? So when they say it's rebooted, they're essentially taking the DNA of Saints Row, but they have a whole new set of characters, there's a whole new storyline, but it's still that like over the top, open world action, like with wacky storylines. But what they did is they made it, they toned it down a, a bit. I feel like the message I got from the team when I saw the presentation, the behind closed doors presentation was that they didn't want to make it as wacky as like Saints Row 4 was, but they didn't want to go all the way back to the beginning. So they kind of like split the difference and, you know, are adding a bunch of, you know, next gen bells and whistles to it. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You can check it out at saintsrow.com. You should. Yeah. I am going to check it out. Do it. I, 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 I don't know. I, I love I personally love the wacky and yeah. you know, I will take anything with Johnny Gat, but it sounds like he won't be in it anymore. No, you know what's funny? Like out of it. that was like the number one question that they got and they very firmly kept saying this is a whole new set of characters. <laughs> they did say that there would be some like Easter eggs, but I think people expecting Johnny Gat to come back as like a character are, are going to be very disappointed. Because mm, so. mm. it yeah. sounded like they were very much trying to message like, no, don't expect Mr. Gat to come back. No. Interesting. I think no a Gatt, lot of that no has to do bats. with the fact that we're in a very different political climate now than when the last Saints Row game came out. And... There's a lot more cultural sensitivities and people are, are aware of. And that game sometimes rubbed people the wrong way. And I think mm. they really want to be mindful of the image that they're putting out while still remaining fun and having the whimsy that that series is known for, but also making it, you know, a little less offensive. Yeah, that's respectful. That's respectful. Yes. Um, so speaking of Mass Effect, I'm just going to jump over. Yeah. And we'll come back to the Horizon. 
uh, thing. Um, Mass Effect, no, Eurogamer writes Mass Effect 5 teaser image, but this is still would be Mass Effect 4 because I don't consider Mass Effect Andromeda to be Mass Effect 4. This would, So I don't know why they wrote Mass Effect 5. Anywho, mm-hmm. um, N7 Day happened, everybody, over the weekend, and they didn't really do a ton of stuff for N7 Day. It was relatively low-key this year, but they did drop a teaser image later in the day and i will pull let me pull that teaser image up for you guys so you can take a look in case you haven't seen it so this is the image and you can see if you are watching at youtube.com slash what's good games that we have a ship we've got some crewmates in there and we've also got what people are calling a geth body. And then, of course, people are saying that overall enhance. Wait, no. I don't want to oh, enhance yeah, girl. the tweet. Oh, the enhance, it ain't working. I am squinting so hard right now. I know. Let me, here, hold on. Let me see if I can download this image. And then That's I will the old age. enhance. True, true boomer, boomer know, move doing this saying. to the computer. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, how do I? Oh my gosh! Okay, so okay here we here we go. <laughs> okay, there we go. Enhance baby girl, make it so big. Oh, oh it's so big. Oh, so that definitely oh, looks yeah, like a guess. Right? That's a guess. Yeah, that's yeah, a guess. Yeah, yeah. Right? right. So, so let's look at the crewmates. Okay. So, so Krogan for sure. We got a Krogan. We've gotten a Sari, and then that Turian. Maybe yeah, Turian. And then this this character, we don't really know who this character is. Looks like a blob with legs. I'm not yeah. sure what's going on with but, that. But the the word on the internet is that is this Rex? Is this Liara? Is this Garrus? Because um, this article points out, yeah, Krogan, Krogan can live up to a thousand years. So okay, that could be Rex. That would be fucking great. And then that would be again, like it says, a canon choice where Rex survives. Ooh, right. I love Rex. I love Rex too. I love Rex. Um, I mm. would. I hope so. A lot of people made note that the ship has SFX on it, and that SFX was actually the original code name for Mass Effect back in two thousand three. That's fun. Which, was, which is a fun little nod um, for sound so, effects. Yeah, Just kidding. No, or not effects. true. <laughs> or sound effects. Or effects. Get, get to the sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> I had said that I thought obviously this very much looks like. Geth, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. But I said it also could potentially be a buried relay. Oh. But I said that the scale of it didn't really quite make sense if it was Mm. was a a relay and people were like, it's a Geth. And I was like, yeah, well, nobody knows what it is. Yeah, let's all have <laughs> so, some fun. Except for Bioware, of course. Fun. Okay. But. Well, this is exciting. I mean, it's it feels good. I think, obviously, Andromeda had a lot of mixed opinions. I think it was a fine game. I enjoyed my time with it. I Same. know a lot of folks a lot of folks did not. But it does feel like they're kind of going back to what they know makes people real happy, right? It just kind of has that vibe to all of this. And uh, I think that's great. It'll be nice in 10 years when we can finally play it. <laughs> Oh, no, that's so true, though. <laughs> Is that the curse? Okay, so I am, uh, I've never played a Mass Effect, Mass Effect game until this year. Um, I started on Mass Effect 1, and I was playing side by side with my husband, and he's gotten way farther than I have because I started playing Animal Crossing again. Nice. Um, <laughs> but, but for those of us getting into Mass Effect... What's the best way? Is it starting from one and going through the whole series? It is a is it starting partway through? 
No, definitely starting at the beginning, if you have the time and going through, you will get all of the story. And going back and playing in the Legendary Edition really just reminded me how the story in Mass Effect 1 is one of the best, even though Mass Effect 2 is my personal favorite. The writing and the world building that they do in Mass Effect 1 is really excellent. And it really sets a foundation for what you're going to see throughout the trilogy, but also what we're hopefully going to see from this next Mass Effect. And I really do like that Andromeda kind of did its own thing narratively, even though there's obviously clear ties to the trilogy. I think that if you really want to experience the Mass Effect franchise holistically, you got to just play all three of them in order Mm, because it's one of the few RPGs that actually lets your actions and your choices build on each other and then you can bring those saves and import them into the next game and the characters in the world will recognize the choices that you made in very specific situations and like not enough games do that yeah yeah that i i heard that that is something that happens and and that's very very cool especially since i'm i'm playing side by side with my husband we make very different choices um and the reason why i finally jumped on the Mass Effect uh, train is because I had finished playing New Vegas, Fallout New Vegas, um, so late and loved it so much that I'm like, okay, where can I get more, you know, like really, really in-depth story and backstory and lore like this? And all my friends are like, you have to get into Mass Effect. And so there's so much to bite into. There's so much lore, like you said. Um, and, And so that's good to hear that starting from one is the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jovenshire was the reason I started playing Mass Effect in the first place. Because I started when he and I were were working together at Mahalo, Mahalo Video Games. And... I actually, I've told the story on the podcast that I rage quit the first time I started playing Mass Effect 2 because I just wasn't understanding like the cover system and I just kept dying over and over again. And then I forced myself to go back and sit down and play it because Jovan just would not stop raving about it. So I was like, fine, I'll go back and play it. And now it's one of my top three favorite games of all time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. But we will, of course, keep eyes on what's happening with Bioware and Mass Effect. I doubt we'll get another teaser from them for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to Forza Horizon 5. They had a huge launch this week. According to new stats released by Microsoft Playground Studios, Racer has 4.5 million players across PC console and cloud devices. Um, Xbox boss Phil Spencer tweeted about it, saying that Forza Horizon 5 has enjoyed the biggest launch of any Xbox Game Studios title and that its concurrent peak player is triple that of what Forza Horizon 4 had. So congrats to the team at Playground. I am so excited to play this. Everyone has hyped it up so much, and I've never played a Forza game before. But I'm Ooh, always gorgeous, and that's right. I mean, I've always admired how beautiful they are. I've always said like they're not for me, but goddamn, I could look at them all day long, right? Uh, but everyone's just saying it's so good, and it's such a game of the year contender, which surprised me. And everyone's saying like the open world is so great. I'm really excited to hop in. I just <laughs> find the time. It's all- <laughs> yes. I feel you. I feel you, baby girl. <sighs> Ah, but yes, I'm excited to play it too. Have you been playing, Mari? No, I haven't. I I do have high aspirations for getting myself like a full sled with like wheel and and uh, pedals and stuff like that. I played a few times. I played for like a week straight like that with a GT Sport, and I was like, okay, 
this is this is goals. I want to play play like this. And so hopefully uh, one of these days when I get a full sled, I'll get to have the full experience. Okay, full sled. You mean like a legit sled? Uh, it's like uh, the the seat and uh-huh. then the gaming uh, seat. wheel. Yeah, and then uh, pedal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Like the, I, the like shifter, the yeah. like the racing seat with the wheel and the pedal. Okay, I got you. I legit. What was going on in my head is that you're gonna be playing Forza Five <laughs> in like a sled. And I'm like, like, like in the game, you're gonna find a sled and be playing. <laughs> I was like, I love it. okay, that's one way to play. I'm sure you can get it around just fine. Maybe you'll have like a whole bunch of dogs pulling you around. Yeah, it's the it's the bobsled <laughs> DLC. It's coming this December, guys. Watch out for it. It's gonna be I sick. Did <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> oh, Brittany. I love um, it. You're my favorite. All the different types of sleds. Yeah. <laughs> like tubing. <laughs> oh, I miss I miss tubing. Forza 5 tubing DLC. Make it happen. Come on, playground. You listen to the Let's podcast, go don't you? Stop all the work on Halo. Who cares? I mean, not Halo. Uh, Fable, like, no one cares. Just, like, give us the fucking DLC that we want. Please. Yeah. All tubes all the time. All tubes. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next story. But before we do that, I want to let you know that this episode of What's Good Games is brought to you by Shin Megami Tensei 5. Shin Megami Tensei 5 is the newest installment to the acclaimed JRPG series Shin Megami Tensei, developed by Atlas. Play as a young high school student who is suddenly transported from modern-day Tokyo to a post-apocalyptic world. Granted a cursed power to save his life, the protagonist becomes a new being, neither human nor demon, a Nahobino. Explore the demon-infested wasteland of a mystifying realm known as the At, filled with mythical deities and demonic tyrants in constant conflict for survival. Search for answers and forge your own path in a battle between light and dark. Your choices will dictate the fate of the world. Turn formidable foes into worthy allies by recruiting them via negotiations, then fuse them to create demons customized to fit your playstyle. Shin Megami Tensei 5 has been fully rendered in 3D using Unreal Engine 4, a first for the mainline Shin Megami Tensei series. Shin Megami Tensei 5 is out now. Check out the digital deluxe and standard editions on the Nintendo eShop. That's atlas.com slash SMT5. The last story that I wanted to talk about before we get to just a couple in case you missed it was a new League of Legends rhythm game, Hextech Mayhem, was kind of stealth dropped and announced this week, and it's coming to Netflix too. So I brought this up because last week when Kim was on the show, we were chatting about Netflix game studios and the mobile games that they are working on, and I thought it was interesting that they, of course, are working on this game with Riot because Arcane League of Legends, the anime series, is also on Netflix. So it definitely makes sense that they're making like, I don't want to call it a companion game, but it's kind of a companion game um, to go with this. And I normally wouldn't probably be as intrigued if I didn't fall instantly in love with Arcane. So for people out there who have maybe seen about the show I want to just say I have been out of league for a really long time like I haven't played a match of League of Legends for probably years at this point because it's just it's a time sink right 
And I had no problem like falling into this series instantly. I, the story is super approachable. You don't need to know anything about the lore and the world building of League of Legends in order to enjoy it. And I just want to say like, I was blown away by how good this series is. And I'm not an anime person. Like anime yeah. is just not my thing normally. And I was just like in awe of how gorgeous the animation is and the music and all of the acting. Have you checked it out yet? Either of you? No, I haven't but I, watched it yet. Yeah, same. I saw your tweets about it. And okay, first of all, let me just like, hot damn, mama, you looked so fire. Oh, thank here. you. Like thank sleep you. deprivation, what? Looks good on you. You make it look good. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. But uh, the praise makeup. you gave it, <laughs> hey, whatever it was, <laughs> but uh, the praise you gave it, I was like, okay. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, when Andrea doesn't like something, she's not afraid to tell you. So <laughs> true. If she is giving something very high praise, it's probably worthy of it. So you've got me interested because, like you said, I know nothing about League. So I was just kind of naturally kind of staying away from it. But if it's as approachable as you say it is, then okay. Yes. Yeah. And obviously, full disclaimer, everybody knows that Steimer, you know, friend of the show, <laughs> our, our former bae, um, works at Riot and she left us <laughs> to go work in the Riot Berlin office. Um <laughs> So disclaimer, you know, uh, our our BFF works at Riot and she actually wasn't working on this project. It's a whole different team that's working on this. But I just obviously want to mention that, of course. But uh, thanks to Riot for having me out. It was a really fun time getting to see people in person at an event and going to a premiere. And, you know, I haven't been to a premiere. And I think the last premiere I went to was Captain Marvel. Which was forever wow. ago. That was <laughs> so. forever ago. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. That was in the before before. That was in the real <laughs> real before times. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it was really fun to go, but uh, highly recommend it. But Hextech Mayhem, this game, is a fast-paced rhythm runner set in the world of League of Legends as reported by Eurogamer. And um, yeah, it looks like it's uh, kind of like a side-scrolling rhythm game and... Um, you know, if you're interested, you can check it out. Yeah, I think that it's smart that that Netflix is getting into that sort of, like you said, almost a companion sort of game. The only game that I was ever into that was mobile um, was this Doctor Who Match 3 game. And it, it had the Doctor Who, like, skin on a very, very elementary, like, Match 3 type of game, right? Like, we're talking just match all the triangles together type of stuff. But because I loved... The franchise, I love that that much more. And so I think it's smart that they're getting into these very approachable type of like Apple Play type of games um, that that that's going alongside their beloved sort of franchises. And I haven't seen Arcane yet. And Andrea, you are not alone with like the, the high praises. I've seen it everywhere. Um, I am a little bit biased working with Netflix Geeked, but like the animation style, like you said, is... Very unique. Um, I, I think that's the first thing that grips anybody who is into League or totally not into League. You mm -hmm. look at it and you're like, okay, this is unbiasedly just interesting and beautiful and unique. Um, and then I, can't, I just keep seeing people talking about how, like deep dramatic and traumatic it is and i'm like it's okay intense. well that hooks me yeah like Ooh, i don't it, know what that it is went right. places. I it. like but i was sitting there like jaw dropped like at the beginning of the third episode like they just like took it places and i was just like oh my god what 
And so it's in three acts. It's nine episodes. They're dropping three episodes at a time. And so the first three episodes are on Netflix right now. How long is each episode? Um, About 30 to 40, no, probably closer to 40 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes, roughly. Because it was two hours to watch three episodes. With okay. cre- with like with full credits, <laughs> I was in, I was sitting in the audience, and after the second episode, I was like, "Just hit the skip intro button, please." <laughs> yeah. skip, skip the intro. We saw it. It was really beautiful. The music is really cool. The theme song is done by Imagine Dragons, and like, oh, cool. Riot has just shown. I don't know why they're so good at making songs for a video oh, game yeah. development studio, but. Whoever their internal like music production lead is is crushing it, and the music in the in the show is really great. So I think it's also important to highlight that it is Riot, right? Riot made this. It, it isn't some so, another company that created something off of the League um, IP, and so I think Netflix has done a really good job with getting like the originals in there. You know, we see Sandman that's coming out, and it's actually uh, Neil who's like part of it who's who's like running it and all that stuff and so the visions mm-hmm. are coming from the source material which always makes it way better yes 100 yeah. percent um yeah anywho uh i didn't mean to get down super much a uh, rabbit hole there but wanted to to mention it if you guys are looking for something cool to watch um highly recommend uh just a couple quick in case you missed it valve has delayed steam deck to february 2022 that kind of came as a shock this week I think a lot of people were expecting those shipments to start rolling out really quickly here. And now Valve is like, JK, we need a couple more <laughs> months. Sorry, everybody. Um, so if you're planning on putting someone's Steam Deck under the tree for Christmas, wah, wah, you have to wait. You just like put it on a little note card, put a picture of it and be like, coming soon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There um, is still a pandemic going on with lots of shipment problems. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. I was just reading an article um, in the LA Times about it because one of the biggest reasons why we're having shipment problems is because the port of LA is like backed up like they ain't drinking their Metamucil. And yep. I just, <laughs> we're talking like hundreds and hundreds of ships, Brittany. Like so oh many ships. You're just sitting there with stuff on there. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, we're running into the into this problem now because we started a bag company last year and then our bags are just sitting there and in order to get it off of the ship. It is like you can get it helicoptered off, but it is so expensive. It's Holy ridiculous. Shit. Yeah, it's it's wild. And they had to start opening the port like 24 hours a day. Why it wasn't open 24 hours a day before? I'm not not sure feels like probably you know, a worker shortage yeah there's there's so many problems yeah. <laughs> it's just bonkers um but hopefully you know they'll unblock themselves in the next couple of months and things will <laughs> things will catch up have some fiber yeah, yeah exactly. some fiber in maybe them. if americans would just stop buying stuff it would work you know people we want to blame stuff. we want our stream deck <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Give me my Steam Deck and give it to me now. Um, there was also a big event this week called Thunderful World. So Thunderful Publishing had a showcase event this week with Mark Hamill as their host, mm. one Luke Skywalker, uh, where they announced a bunch of stuff, including a new 3D Steam World game. Uh, they also gave a release date for The Gunk, which is that third-person sci-fi adventure that kind of feels a little bit like Luigi's Mansion. Oh, I forgot um, about that. It's yeah. coming to Xbox and PC on December 16th and will also launch into Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Steam World Headhunter is is the next installment in the SteamWorld series. Um, SteamWorld Dig 2 is going to be available for free on Steam. 
uh, for 24 hours a day. I feel like this is the drinking game. How many times I say steam? Take a steam, shot. Take a shot. Um, uh, Wavetail is a new game that they announced. <laughs> um, and then they also have an on a running sequel to their platforming classic um, Super Meat Boy. I think we all remember Super Meat Boy. Um, Super Meat Boy Forever is, yes, exactly, is coming to mobile in 2022. Um, that seems like a phone throwing game to play. Why would you want to <laughs> yeah. play Super Meat Boy on your phone? <laughs> no. Um, and a bunch of other announcements. Um, I didn't want to go through every single one because it was quite a few announcements, but I uh, wanted to let y'all know that that event happened this week and um that's kind of gonna wrap it up for the news for this week uh when we come back we're gonna talk about what we've been playing but for right now we're gonna take our first break of the show see you in a minute Welcome back, everybody. It is the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast, and this week's episode is brought to you by Fixture Gaming. Are all these Nintendo fall releases getting you hyped to play your Switch? Whether it's Metroid Dread or Animal Crossing New Horizons or Super Mario Party, Mario Party Superstar, that's the name of the game. You nailed it, girl. Yes, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. You can enhance your playing experience with the perfect Nintendo Switch accessory, the Fixture S1. The Fixture S1 was created by gamers for gamers who love their Nintendo Switch and Pro Controller but want to be able to play on the go. This original patented design connects the Nintendo Switch to the Pro Controller for comfortable, precise, portable play, offering a great alternative to Joy-Cons. Designed to be exceptionally ergonomic, it balances the screen weight directly over your hands, reducing screen rotation and minimizing the strain on your wrists. Fixture S1's patented two-axis design provides stability and balance in any playing position for optimal comfort and gaming performance. Just snap your Pro Controller into the Fixture S1 for handheld play or use it as a stand in tabletop mode. In either mode, you can charge your Switch and Pro Controller at the same time using the Fixture S1's thoughtful design that routes the power cords out the back so they never interfere with play. And when you're on the go, you can upgrade your Fixture S1 experience with their companion carrying case that securely holds your Switch cables and game cards now even though we haven't personally been on the road in the last year or so i use my fixture s1 at home on the couch when my husband is watching something on the tv and i want to get the fine control that that pro controller has and not to worry about using the little nubby joy cons i just bust out my fixture s1 and get all cozy so if you want to learn more about Fixture S1, head on over to FixtureGaming.com where you can get $5 off your purchase using code WGG at checkout. Or you can visit Fixture Gaming's Amazon page by clicking our link in the show notes. That's FixtureGaming.com, F-I-X-T-U-R-E, Gaming.com, where you can use code WGG to get $5 off your purchase. Or use our link in the show notes to visit them on Amazon so they know that What's Good Game sent you. So we have some games that we've been playing, and I would like to start with Call of Duty Vanguard. Mm-hmm. So Activision very kindly sent over codes for us, and they also sent me some Call of Duty Converse shoes, which what? I was not expecting, but are really cool. And I've never gotten custom shoes before. And now I'm Ooh, like, what do they look like? So they're high tops and they got like a little bit of, it's not quite camo, but it's kind of like camo, uh-huh. camouflage. I don't know how to describe the pattern. I'm sure there's like a specific name for the styling of these shoes, but um, 
it's really cool and it says like Vanguard on the side. But more importantly, they sent everything in a custom What's Good Games Pelican case. What? That's awesome. I've never dropped the money on a Pelican case for my production gear because it's just they're so expensive and it's not that I'm cheap, but like <laughs> they're like, you know, hundreds of dollars and they're important to really protect your camera gear and your lenses and stuff when you're traveling. Um, and for the most part, I don't bring my expensive camera on the road with me. So I never justified spending the money. And so when they sent it over, I was like, listen, I know I'm supposed to really like be ooing and eyeing about the stuff inside the case, but really just the case is what I want. <laughs> How did they know? And it's custom. That's it says so what's good games cool. on the outside. Yeah. So thank you, That's Activision, sweet. for sending me the swag. That was really kind of you. You didn't need to do that. Um, we were excited about this game regardless because our bay, Alexa Ray Korea, who launched What's Good Games with us, left us, you know, a while back to pursue her career in video game writing. And now she is part of the writing team at Sledgehammer Games for Call of Duty Vanguard. So shout out to Alexa and also friend of the show, Belinda Garcia. There's a lot of other wonderful people who are on the writing team at Sledgehammer Games. But um, I also got to see Laura Bailey at the premiere this past weekend, which is wonderful. Ooh. Laura Bailey plays uh, Polina Petrova, who is the sniper character in Love her. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. Also, just... Can I say, she is just a wonderful, lovely human being. Just a bang-up person, Laura Bailey. Oh, just, love that. Just wonderful. Um, love that. She's great. So I played. I'm not done with the campaign yet. How far are you, Brittany? I just got to Polina's campaign, so I'm not far at all. I feel like we're in the same spot. <laughs> oh, maybe. How cute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Because I just started her campaign as well. So the way that Call of Duty Vanguard works this time around is that they have it broken up into the kind of individual stories and you play as these different characters, which I really like. It's a nice change of pace. Now, there's been Call of Duties in the past where we've gotten to play as different characters, but it doesn't feel like it's as personalized as this one is. Brittany, tell me, yeah. how has your experience been so far? So far, it's been really good. I mean, I think what's really going to push this from like a like to a love is honestly going to be Polina's uh, campaign section, her personal story. Because while, I mean, what, what do you say about Call of Duty? It's stunning. It's beautiful. I think the set pieces are just gorgeous. The level design is really fun. The gun control is beautiful, like tight, all the good things, everything you'd expect from a well-polished Call of Duty game. But what I love the most what parts of Call of Duty I love the most during campaign. Now, I don't play multiplayer, so disclosure. But I love those quiet moments. And I feel like the last Call of Duty that came out, which was Cold War? Yep, was that Call Cold of Duty War? Black okay. Ops Cold War. Yeah, yeah, what I loved about that one is that there are those quiet moments in between where you really got to know the characters at your home base, right? And you got to chat with them and kind of learn more about them. And I know that's not the action that most people expect from Call of Duty. But I think, like, typically, you know, the writing on these games are so well done. And it's been very action-packed so far. And that's fine. That's Call of Duty. But nothing so far has really made, made it stand out. I want to get to know who these people are. These, like, this ragtag group of characters, right, who are fulfilling this mission. And now that we're kind of starting to... Now that I'm getting into those personal stories of each one of those characters, I think it's really going to start growing on me. Um, and I'm 
really excited to see how that plays out. So, so far, I'm really liking it. I'm not like in love with it yet, but granted, like, I think we're very early. I think the campaign is clocking in what around like five hours is what most people have been saying. Um, but I think once you get to those real like cinematic like moments of here is this character, this is what they have been through, this is why you should care about them. That means a lot to me. And I know that might be kind of weird because it is a Call of Duty game, but that's why I keep coming back to them. So, so far, so good. I'm excited to play more. I agree that there's more to be seen. What I've really loved so far, but what I've seen of the game is that it feels like they're not just set pieces for the sake of having set pieces. It feels like they're really thoughtfully crafted set pieces this time around that are really Mm -hmm. telling a specific story instead of just like, here's a big explosion and a chase sequence and some trucks. And then you're going to have to outrun this plane, right? Like it feels like call of duty can sometimes fall into these tropes with the campaign. that just feels like a big popcorn action flick. And I think that's why you and I both like them because we love big popcorn action. Yes. And no shame in saying that at all. Of course. But I think what's different about this is that obviously it's back to this World War II setting, which a lot of the fan base really loves. I personally am a little tired of games going back to World War II, but if they can tell an interesting story, I'm here to listen. You know, always down to shoot more Nazis in the face, right? Um, but I think what I've seen so far has indicated to that to me that they are taking more time to tell these characters story and make it Mm -hmm. meaningful instead of just you know pick up random gun go down random hallway shoot things rinse repeat right um which sometimes you know they can get into trouble with i will say i am blown away once again by the gorgeous animation in the campaign and the cutscenes are just something else and i know that i feel like a broken record saying that the Activision Studios, whether it's Treyarch, whether it's Sledgehammer, whether it's Infinity Ward, don't get enough credit for the amount of innovation that they make in game development. And a lot of the work that they've done specifically in photogrammetry technology, I think just goes unappreciated (laughs) because like they do so much work to make this game look so realistic. And I thought that this is clearly to me setting a new bar on what cutscenes can achieve. I mean, the skin Mm -hmm. textures, the hair textures, the the lighting in this game. And I know that's not why people play Call of Duty, but if you appreciate... It's one of the reasons I like to play it. Like, honestly, yeah, it's just a stunning cinematic, like you said, action popcorn flick, but you get to play it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, so far, really enjoying it. Looking forward to sinking in some time in the multiplayer as well. Um, Had a lot of fun in Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and I'm so excited that Zombies is coming back for vanguard and that Treyarch is working on it and so I'm, I'm sure i'll have more to say on call of duty in the future but so far so good mm-hmm. uh mari you mentioned that you got back into animal crossing of course the new update pushed last week so are you growing your garden are you making recipes are you changing up your wallpapers how's how's <laughs> yeah. it been you know, a lot of it has been um, cleaning up what I like to call my garbage island because the last <laughs> time I had played, I just accumulated so many things that I didn't know what to do with. Um, I was overthinking who to sell things to, like waiting for the bug guy to sell the bugs, waiting for the fish guy. Yes. And so I had stuff just 
strewn Piled about up. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, to the point where I stopped playing because I got overwhelmed with the clutter on my island. <laughs> that was oh, really no. what made me oh, stop no. playing. But now that I'm back, I, I feel like I've Marie Kondoed my, 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 my thought process and I'm just selling everything to those two little crooks, those twins. Um, <laughs> and I don't care how much bells they're giving me. I'm just selling it to just get it out. <laughs> It feels good, man. Good, good. I wish I could do that with the things in my storage. I wish there was an option for me to not have to put them in my pockets and then walk over to Nook's Cranny. I wish I could just select and highlight them all from my storage and then just like hit, like sell all. I don't care if I take a discount like when you sell after hours. I'll take like the hit. I've got like almost 10 million bells like i don't here she goes i don't need her the bells, bells. <laughs> we get it you're rich no, but, no. <laughs> my point was i also used to be obsessed with waiting until flick was on the, the island waiting until cj was there making sure that i was harvesting my bell trees and like harvesting my pumpkins because let me tell you you can harvest pumpkins and sell pumpkins all year long and, and you can make some good money harvesting your own pumpkins um and i I like would min max all that stuff. And I'm like, why am I doing this? <laughs> why am I doing this anymore? Very tedious. It's very, very tedious. But you know what? I think when we all started playing, um, you know, last year when things were at an all time, like what the F with, with real life, I think it gave us a little mini checklist to feel like we were accomplishing things and doing things every day. And I think that's, that, that gave us a lot of, um, just good feelings in general. Um, but getting back into it now where I'm like, well, I my real life is going on. I don't have time to figure out what the ultimate way to play is. I'm just like, I just need a place to go home and <laughs> drop off my things and sometimes <laughs> change and just spend down my debt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I haven't been exploring the new update yet. And I know that sounds shocking probably to people listening to the show being like, I can't believe Andrew is not playing the update. But I just like have not had time. Like I haven't. And I want to be able to like fully explore everything. And I need to like really like set aside some time. But I've just been playing this mobile game, which I'll talk about in a minute. But uh, I'm glad that you're back. Um, if you want to trade stuff or if you want help pulling weeds on your island, I like doing that. <laughs> it's therapeutic. <laughs> I like pulling weeds. Just invite me to your island so I can just pull all your weeds up. <laughs> hey, listen, some of us watch pimple popping uh, TikTok videos and some of us like to go to our friends' islands and pick the weeds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We love you unconditionally. Oh, thank you. Um, But uh, another game that you're playing that I'm intrigued to hear about is Mario Party Superstar. Oh, yeah. So that Mario Party coming out recently is the reason why I got sucked back into the Animal Crossing. Because I'm like, well, the Switch is plugged into the TV now. So I guess I'm going to be playing Nintendo games instead of on my Xbox or my PlayStation. And so, yeah, Mario Party Superstars. Um I mean it's 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 Mario Party, right? 
Right. There's a lot of squid game type of games in there that, you know, before it used to just be tug of war. Now it's like, <laughs> oh, this is squid games. Oh, uh, God, I hate that. I hate that everyone thinks that everything's squid games. And I'm like, no, they, they were just regular games before. Yeah. It straight up is. And, 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 and now I see all of the uh, Mario Party stuff is the sick squid game game. Oh, um, no. But it's because of that, it's a lot of fun. Um, I personally like the haunted house uh, map. Um, and I, I played a couple of days with friends. And now I just play by myself against the computer. <laughs> just... Do people do that? Is this sad I that I do that? I just play against the computer for hours and rage at the computer. Like oh, absolutely. I... <laughs> but yeah, that's that, those are my late night uh, I gaming habits right now. I feel you. I am so. I just downloaded this today. Actually, I am so excited to hop back in. I loved Mario Party growing up. It was one of my favorite games to play. My grandma would watch my cousin and I during the summer. And this is the grandma who plays all the video games. And she had her N64 hooked up and she would let us just play Mario Party all day. And I swear that CPU was rigged. You can't tell me wrong. I did not lose all those games. Fair and square. Absolutely not. Yeah, right. Thank you. Thank you. No, I'm really excited to play this against the CPU and all those games when we were watching that trailer on YouTube.com slash what's good games. It brought back all these memories of... Uh, I remember some of those were my favorite, like the face morphine or like the cutting out one or when you have to stay on those like colored mushrooms and they're all falling around you. I am really stoked to play. I need to get my dad into it. I think that would be really fun to play. Also, did you just say you have a grandma that plays video game? Ah, yes. Yeah. 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 So my grandma, sit down, kids. I'm going to take like five minutes of your time and tell you a little story. (laughs) So my grandma is the one who got me into video games when I was about five years old. And she's the one who introduced me to The Legend of Zelda, to Final Fantasy, to Breath of Fire. So like to all of my favorite games um, that I still love to this day. And so it's always fun to tell people that because no one ever really expects it, right? But no, she's 80 years old and she still loves her JRPGs and she still plays her Dark Clouds and her Dragon Quests and her Final Fantasies. And um, trying to get her into some of the newer stuff is a little difficult because it has, you know, games just aren't simple anymore. They're just not. So, but if it's like a turn-based game, Nino Kuni is one of her absolute favorite games of all time. Level 5, one of her favorite developers. Um, but she has all the consoles and she has them all hooked up and she just loves to play games and she still does. So, it's cute. We'll talk, you know, maybe a few times a month and she'll call me and she'll be like, hey, have you heard anything on like a new Final Fantasy or anything on a new Dark Cloud? Which I have to break her heart and tell her, no, Grandma, I'm sorry, there's no new Dark Clouds coming out. Rip. Um, and yeah, my aunt plays, my aunt lives with her. And so, whenever I go over there, it's all talks about video games all day and it's fantastic. That is so cool. It's so cute. Yeah, I know she's lovely. You know what messes me up? It's like right now today, we're like, oh my gosh, grandma that plays video games. Mind blow. That's going to be us. Yo, when we're grandmas, I do you think that when we're in like old folks homes, it's just going to be like a given that there's going to be streaming like setups. Yeah. We're just going to be like 80 year old streamers being like, all right, guys, poggers. Today we're going to be, what did I do with my animal crossing? Like, like there there is a world in which we're still doing this stuff, right? I kind of hope so. Like that's the dream, right? Like I look at my grandma and honestly, real talk, games have kept her mind so sharp because I mean, when you look at like these deep JRPG mechanics, like to all the weapon customization she has to do, especially in a game like Dark Cloud, I mean, she can like play that game like the back of her mind. She's got all the guides memorized and it keeps her really like sharp. 
right? It's amazing. So So I fucking hope so. I hope that's us. Like if we're not streaming, you know, like asking people to get our denture cleaners out for us, whatever. Like I hope so. Well, the metaverse will probably be fully realized by the time we're grandmas. So we'll be playing like we'll be playing in some kind of weird virtual reality together. We'll look like this in our in our group chats in the metaverse. Yes. (laughs) We'll be 80 with so much Botox that we'll still look like we're in our 30s. It's going to be great. man. Yeah, oh, no, that's I, the dream. I, just pop yeah. me full of the injections. Just give them to me. Let's give go. it to me. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I like the pain. I do think about what what old folks home during like our generation will look like. I think it's going to be dope. There's going to be like meditation rooms and like lots uh-huh. of just like self care stuff. Everyone will probably have like a mental health therapist like to themselves there. Like I just feel like it's going to be really dope. <laughs> I want to live in this utopia that you've just described. (laughs) I I I don't know. I don't know how it wouldn't be that when when, you know, these the generation now hours and, you know, plus and minus um, generations, it's like everyone's building the things that they want to see in the future. And so, um, yeah, old folks homes are going to become streaming houses. Hey, I've never been in a streaming house, but maybe one of 80. Listen, we can talk about starting a streaming house if you want. It'll be fun. It might be. It, we'll have to find somewhere out in the middle of the desert, halfway between where you live and where we live. <laughs> well, I guess if we have to make it part of a triangle with where Brittany lives, then it'll be like mm. in Utah. All right. Yeah, we can be in Utah. Okay. Okay. I, property values are cheaper there than in California, so I'll there take it. There we go. <laughs> um, all right, I do want to talk a little bit about Lego Star Wars Battles on iOS. So I mentioned this very briefly last week, and I've sunk in a bunch more time now. Let me see if I can find a, a trailer so you guys can um, see some gameplay. Um, so Lego Star Wars Battles, um, just as a disclaimer, again, my husband works at Disney. This is a Disney uh, and Lucasfilm game uh, made by TT, and disclaimer, done. Um, he also is giving me tips and tricks because he's like several planets ahead of me on this game. And I was getting my ass kicked in the beginning. And I was like, please help me. <laughs> and I don't know why I was um, str- I was just on the struggle bus for it. Um, let me see if I can find a trailer. The last time I looked this up, I could only find like a like a 30 second trailer. Is the game ago. new? Um, it's sort of new. So it like soft launched. And mm. then... It went into Apple Arcade exclusivity, which really kind of changed some of the way the game was built. So you can definitely see the game is built for microtransactions, which leads me to believe that they have a limited timed window with Apple Arcade. But I don't know that. I reached out to Warner Brothers PR and asked them that question specifically and didn't get an answer back um, about if that was true or not. So this game is a real-time strategy game. It's Star Wars Lego. Like, it's got all of the music, the sound effects. We've got little Lego Luke Skywalker, little Lego Darth Vader. Um, They've got some funny, you know, little whimsical things they do. There's fun emotes. And essentially, the idea is these really short battles, like two minutes, three minutes roughly each, and you, the goal is to destroy your opponent's base. And you have a card system where you play. I'll just play. Let me see if I can play this trailer again. 30 seconds. Too short of a trailer. What the heck? Um, <laughs> and the idea, of course, is to, you know, 
outplay your opponents. You build towers and you deploy your troops and they march across and you kind of, you know, pick your cards. You either get randomly match made as the the light side or the dark side. Um, and it's based off how many trophies you have for each side. And so far, I'm like torn between do I really love this game or am I going to rage quit this game? <laughs> and the reason I say that is because... The gameplay itself, the gameplay loop is really fun, but there is no mode that I've found so far where you can play without public matchmaking. And oh. therein lies the problem because they want matchmaking to be quick so people get into their matches fast, right? It's a mobile game. You can't let people sit in a matchmaking queue for like two minutes to find an optimal match. And because of that, the matchmaking is all over the place, all over the place. Mm. So I'll clearly matchmake against somebody who's brand new. I have like, let's say I had like 150 trophies on the collectible thing that shows your rank. I would go up against a guy who had like 10 trophies, who's clearly like, this is like his first match or whatever. Oh. And so I would just whomp him. And I was like, it feels good sometimes to just crush somebody. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, but I was that person when I first started the game. And like the hill to get past the first planet, which is Jakku is really a struggle because you get match made against such higher level players. It feels impossible to win. And it's a weird sliding scale where you earn trophies as you win and then you lose trophies when you lose. And that to Ooh. me feels more punitive than it needs to. I think they need to do some balancing to make the losses not feel so punishing because mm -hmm. the matchmaking isn't fair. The matchmaking is just wildly all over the place. And like, I get that the trade-off for fast matchmaking times that you kind of have a limited pool of who you get to matchmake with. And that's why I think that they should balance what the penalties are because it took me a really long time, probably four or five hours of play, to get past the first planet, which is where everything huh. else unlocks. That's like the tutorial planet. That's a long-ass tutorial. Yeah, no, it's because I got really unlucky with a lot of my matchmaking. I would have a good run where I would get like three or four wins in a row and then I would just get match made against people who were incredibly higher level than me and I would just get whomped on. Um, but I do like, because it's part of Apple Arcade, there are no microtransactions. You cannot buy anything in this game. Everything in the game is earned, but you do have to grind, like really grind a lot of hours on a lot of matches to get some of the better heroes um, because you start with Luke and Vader, but there's, you know, Leia and Yoda and the uh, Mandalorian and uh, I think Captain Phasma is in there and a bunch of characters. They just announced season two this week and there's new characters on another new planet that they added. But the styling of the game is great. It's a beautiful looking game. It plays really fun. I have a lot of I have a lot of interest in continuing to play and it's something that I've been playing while I've been holding my baby who won't go to sleep um on her own and she just screams you guys she just screams all the time uh and unless I hold her so I hold her and I'm trapped in the chair in the nursery and so I'm like what can I play with one hand I can play Lego Star Wars battles um but yeah so I've been enjoying slash hating my time <laughs> uh oh <laughs> <laughs> not hating it just i get frustrated because i i wish that i just wish they had a mode that would let me grind without having to play against a human opponent that would let me mm -hmm. grind yeah. against the computer 
or would have a campaign that wasn't tied to matchmaking. That would be nice. But it's clearly like ready made for microtransactions because it has like those timed unlockables like uh. oh come back in two hours like you're boosting this box and it's like this feels like it's gonna be like a paid thing maybe someday um if it ever comes to android but who knows if or when that's gonna happen so get in now ladies and gentlemen before <laughs> you get screwed over yes boost yourself now while you don't ever you, there's no pay to win so yeah. that's a, the thing with Apple Arcade that's been really great is that every game in Apple Arcade is you pay for Apple Arcade and that's the only thing you buy. You don't buy anything in game. So yeah, I like that. Uh, Britt, you have been playing Halo, but not that Halo. <laughs> <laughs> the no. old Halo, Halo 5. Are you just doing this in preparation of Infinite? Yeah, yeah. So Jason and I were wondering what we could play together. Um, we're very fortunate that our kid has a semi-structured bedtime and when he follows it, it's a good night. We know we have a few hours for ourselves to play something. So, yeah. So, we'd obviously, uh, uh, I was called the Guardians, Infants coming out December 8th. And we're just looking for something. Halo is like one of those games that he and I play together. And we just have a really good time no matter what. Like, it's always going to be a good time. So, while we have a mountain of other co-op games we should be playing, we went back to Halo 5 uh, Guardians. Because the last time we played it was before it even released um, for review. And that was in, what, like 2015? Was that 2015? I don't even know. It was a long ass time ago. And uh, I remember thinking that the game back in the day, I remember thinking that the game handled well. It was beautiful. It, gunplay was great. But I had a lot of problems with the campaign. And I think I think that was a lot of folks' issue too um, with the game is with the campaign, at least from those I've talked to. But playing it again this time with very tempered expectations knowing what to expect i definitely had a much better time playing it this time around because um the halo games have gone places in terms of lore uh, story and they don't do a fantastic job at really explaining who's who or what's what especially if you just like happen to jump into a random halo game right and so i wanted to play five again and kind of get a lay of the land before infinite comes out and hopping into five, I was like, oh, my God, OK, what's the librarian again? Who are the Prometheans? What is Forerunner tech? Why is Cortana a raging bitch? What is happening? And most of my questions got answered. But again, like it's just uh, something I hope that they tackle in Infinite is I just hope that the um, there's a codex in that game. Like, please, for the love of God, give us like more in-depth story shit and let us like give us a dictionary or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, or not dictionary an encyclopedia in game so i can go look up what all these terms are because like there's so much in that game but uh yeah it was really fun you know we had a really great time we played as part of the master chief collection and the service for the most part pretty fucking solid there were a few instances where it kind of crapped the bed but whatever it's fine i got patience you know what having a six month old will do that to you you, you learn to grab patience from the depths of your soul sure uh, do you need it. <laughs> yeah but no, I mean, yeah, it, it was good to go back and replay it because I, whenever I thought about Halo 5, I kind of always had this like kind of like not icky, but just kind of eh, taste in my mouth because I just remember being disappointed by the campaign, especially when you are so invested in the relationship between Chief and Cortana and you're excited to see kind of what happens in Halo 5 between the two of them. But most of the missions are focused on Team Osiris, Fire Team Osiris and Locke and his crew. And there's just really no connection to any of them. So uh, but going back and playing and knowing that that was going to be the case, I had a much better time this time around. And yeah, just wanted to chat about Halo 5. It's a fun time. Really is a good game. It's just, I think, compared to some of the other Halos and what people expected going into it, it just wasn't like the best received. Yeah. 
And yeah. There's nothing wrong with something being a good game, not an excellent game. You can still have a lot of mm-hmm. fun with it. Yeah. And I think, you know, ho- hopes are high for Infinite. And it sounds like all systems are go um, for that game to hit its launch date in December. And I'm excited to play. Can we play yeah. together maybe? If my if my child discovers how to sleep <laughs> by herself. And I, I know the campaign <laughs> co-op isn't. I know, right? Campaign co-op isn't coming until next year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure like the multiplayer other stuff is launching, right? It has to be. Yeah. At the yeah, same okay. time, there was confusion over where whether they would be launching together, but I think that's what was part of the delay was to get it all to launch at the same time. Yeah. So at least that's my understanding. But I don't. Well, yeah, because for... I know campaign will be at launch, but the other stuff will be. I can. I think I should confirm this. Listen, I don't know anymore. There's too much shit to take a hold to, to soak in and remember <sighs> these days. It's true. You know, let's too just be shit. real. <laughs> too um, much. Well, it was fun listening to us all talk about video games well at least i hope you had fun listening to us talk about video games but i did want to spend a little bit of time talking about our wonderful guest who's been with us all show um mari i pulled up this really fun little trailer that was playing on twitter the other day this space station gaming like can you tell me a little bit about this video this is very rainbow six Yes, so there it alludes to a bunch of stuff. R6, um, it alludes to Minecraft, it alludes to Smash Bros, Halo Infinite. They're basically all of the games that uh, Space Station Gaming is involved in, in esports. And so it was just kind of a little bit of a nod to that. And uh, there's Master Chief right Ooh. there. Very excited that we are one of, I believe, nine teams that will be competing um, in the Halo Championship Series. Uh, and this video was kind of like our way of smashing everything that that Space Station Gaming is with everything that I stand for and what I like to do. And so um, they're like, hey, what do you think about doing like a little intro video to you with uh stunts and i'm like i would love that and so i'm fighting my buddy lance here um who who came with us um along with uh matt as well who is on the stunt team and i work with these guys twice a week every week working on stunts and we're working on a uh feature film right now um and so yeah it, it was just kind of like our way of bringing our two worlds together um SSG themselves are very like funny and memey and stuff like that. So the whole joke is it's the same guy because <laughs> we couldn't afford oh, to get I a see. bunch of stunt guys. And so, <laughs> stunt guy. and so at one point I say, are you again? Um, and uh, they've got this hole in the ceiling. And so they're like, hey, do you think you'd be down with like coming out of the hole in our ceiling? Uh, and so we made it we made it look like a Minecraft box. Amazing. And I come out of the ceiling like I'm late for a little meeting. <laughs> the look on your face, you're like, what's up? Nothing to see here. Don't mind me. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> That's so fun. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So Space Station Gaming, for people who don't know, I know you've mentioned it. You guys are an esports organization. I think it's so important that you are involved with them. There's just not enough female voices in the esports community. Thankfully, they're growing year over year, which is super important. But when you made this announcement, I was like, this is awesome. I'm so excited. And 
I would love to hear kind of how you got involved with them and kind of what the journey was to you becoming a co-owner of the team. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw Space Station Gaming was, I, I want to say 2017 or 18 at Smite World Championships in Atlanta. And I would go every year because I just love Smite so, so much. And one year I saw Sean, who uh, founded Space Station Gaming there. And he's always been a social media person. He was huge on Snapchat. Um, and and we got to know each other from just being creators. And I was like, what are you doing here? And he goes, I've got a team. And I go, what? And so that's when I started to follow Space Station Gaming. And I just really love what they stand for. They are very, very like family friendly in the sense of they're so inclusive with new audiences. They keep it fun. They they're like just really like disruptive, I feel like, in the scene, because as as serious as they are with playing games, they keep themselves not very taking everything seriously. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's like all like the kind of like fun, grungy, like 90s, like skateboarding sort of feelings brought into esports. And I've always really enjoyed that, that about them. Um, and so years went by, I just kind of kept my eye on them. Esports as a genre kind of scared me, even though I've always been in gaming and esports is parallel to it. I feel like me jumping into it was always a scary sort of thing where I'm like, well, do I really know the space enough to, to have any footholding in it? Um, cut to, I want to say 2019. I was at a summit called Vid Summit, um, where they bring together a lot of creators. It's kind of like VidCon minus the fans and if it was only like the business track. And so it's really kind of teaching you a lot more about um, business ending of it. I saw Sean there um, and we were just kind of chit-chatting and getting to know like what we're up to. And I told him, okay, esports is really, really growing. It's growing fast. It's still in its infancy. There's not enough women. I would, uh, I, I, I would kick myself if we had the same type of narratives that we have right now, where there we have to carve places for women to be in in gaming. And I mean, you you both have you know carved the road for all of us for a very long time, but it has been that struggle, and it's like. Esports is still so new that I'm like, if they if we don't get women in there in big roles, um, and and roles that are C-suite titles, roles that are aspirational for folks getting into it, young people seeing what women can do in the space, then I would I would really regret not trying to get in there. And so I was telling him, what do I do? Do I start a women's league? Do I start a, a, a an org? Um, and so I was really lamenting over this and we just started talking and more and more it started to make sense that, um, a partnership as a co-owner would be the best way for, for me to further that voice and further that initiative and advocacy. I yeah. love that. I love yeah. that he also was receptive to bringing you on as a co-owner instead of making you start from the bottom and go through, the incredible amount of work and the mountain that you would have to climb to start an org from scratch. It's not that you wouldn't be able to do it. Of course, you're, I mean, you're, you're Atomic Mari. Of course you'd be able to do it. But I think it's so much, you can, it's so much more impactful when you can walk in at a leadership level and say, hey, 
you know, you guys have kind of done all the groundwork for me. Now let me help influence through a position of leadership at a team that's already established. So that's wonderful to hear. Um, has it made you more intrigued by the esports space? Because you have your hands in a bunch of different jars, right? Like you're always doing so many different projects. Have you been spending a lot more time in esports now? I would say yes, but at the same time, it's not 100% of what what I lean into. Um, I realize that the best way for me to be able to make an impact isn't so much so trying to be a voice within the competitive side, because that's not what 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 I know. Um, I know content creation. I, I know advocacy and using voices, and I know charity, and I know um, uh, providing streams and content that people can use to get into, um, like a space that, that may or may not be somewhere that they feel like they can be in. Um, I, I know that that's kind of like the, the first way that I'm able to step into something. And SSG was that for me, like esports really was just kind of a thing where I'm like, I don't know if I can really like belong, you know? And so they're sort of, um, attitude towards everything really kept me on board with it. And so if I can be any sort of conduit for other folks to get into the scene without feeling like it is super serious, super scary or gatekeepy in any way, then I would love to do that. Um, and, and really building on freak out a huge space for women so yes. that we don't have to have these yes. you know women in gaming type of panels and and although it's necessary right now to have that in order for us to have a space um i i think that if we can work towards a gaming space where we don't have to put ourselves into the small boxes that are already available for us but just the ones that are you know already established that we can just walk into the room without being like, oh, I'll, I'll fit into this strange shape here and just be like, no, I'm just going to sit. And this is, this is my space. And absolutely. I mean, we I preach that, that at what's good all the time, right? That it isn't about being women in games. It's about being gamers in games. It's about being professionals. It's about having experience. It's about having points of view that aren't directly tied to gender and, and, and what that gender experience is. And I think we're getting there slowly but surely. But like I say at a lot of these panels that we do, because in the before times, Brittany and I publicly spoke about it quite a bit. Um, I still will take the token role over not getting the role whatsoever because I think having that voice is important and we're not to the point where we can brush off tokenism. And if there's only one spot for a woman on a thing and if I say no because I don't want to be a token, then they're going to give it to a man, then I'll take it. No shame. And hopefully one day we'll get past that. But until then, you know, keep fighting the good fight. So I think it's I think it's awesome. And yeah. you mentioned you're working on a feature. Can you tell us a little bit more about that or is it all top secret? Um, it's not too top secret. It's, it's an action film. It's filming here in Las Vegas. Um, and I will be playing a bad guy. Um, so I get to be slithery and terrible and mean and kick some ass. God, nice. that's awesome. Man, and I was admiring your stunt work too. That's so cool. Like, how, I gotta know, how, how'd you get into that? 
Uh, honestly, in, in so many ways, it is just... Just saying so? Like, I, I was like... I, I think it's just starting to be vocal about what you want. And it's, it seems so cliche about saying that, but it's like, I really just started being like, well, what do I aspire for? That's scary, but you know, um, something that, 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 yeah, the, the, the pipe dream. Right. And so I, I think that being in this space al allows me to dream that big. And before I don't think I ever dreamt that big before my track was do ballet, become a professional ballerina, retire when my knees crack and then teach ballet until the day I die. That used to be the only life track that I was on and digital has exploded that notion of this is the only road. And so those pathways opened up to a point where I'm like, good gosh, if I am allowed to dream, then let me make it vocal. And so um, I'm seriously pursuing acting now. And it's a scary thing to still kind of verbally say because I feel like it's one of those sort of unicorn dreams and unicorn sort of like, no, things. Maybe I make it too big in my, in my own mind. But I'm in school full time for acting and making it vocal, saying this is what I want to do. People come out of the woodwork and being like, I want to help you. Do you want to learn stunts? And so I, I think one of one of the first people who really kind of um, gave me a go at it was Yoshi Sudarso, who also is like a streamer and a gamer, but he's also an actor. He was a real life Power Ranger, which is so cool. <laughs> he does movies and he's like uh, he's like a real I, I, I feel like he's just going to blow up one of these days, but one of the nicest people. And, you know, he really started to lead me through like how to do this um other folks in the space is mahawk uh youtube folks who who really allowed me to have the the place in the space to expand in it um they made a short film with me last year and yeah it's just being vocal about what you want and you never know people are really helpful and people want to help you realize your dreams more than you give them credit i'm Aww. still learning that it's hard for me to say that I need help. But. Filled me with the warm and fuzzies. I fucking love that. Good for you. <laughs> Damn. It's the secret, right? Speak it into the universe and yeah. it can manifest. And if you never speak it, maybe it will never manifest, you know? And I think you're like such a definition of hard work begets results, right? You know, like the idea that mm -hmm. you can say... I want to be an actor or I want to be an Instagram star or I want to do my own stunts. But if you don't put the work in, then you're not going to get the result that you want either. And I think that's something that we in an entertainment business get asked about by people all the time. It's like, how do I do what you do? Like, I want your job. It seems so cool. And all I keep saying is be prepared to just work your booty off, right? Like you just yeah. have to put the sweat equity in and there's going to be large swath of your life that you're just going to work and work and work and not get anything in return, but you're laying a foundation for when the right opportunity comes along, right? Like this idea of luck, I like to say is when preparation meets opportunity, but if you're not prepared for when the opportunity comes across your doorstep, then it's going to pass you by and it may never come around again. And so 
you have to always be working to be prepared for when opportunity comes knocking at your door. There, it was a, interesting. We, I had this conversation with some of the kind of funny guys about shooting your shot and how there's this culture right now of shooting your shot, particularly with social media, people mm-hmm. tagging brands or tagging, you know, celebrities or whatever and being like, I'm just going to like shoot my shot and see if they'll notice me. But so many people I have noticed are shooting their shot before they're ready. And then mm-hmm. once you've shot your shot and you do it, unprepared you're probably never going to get your chance to shoot your shot again so it's like think carefully before you you know shoot your shot make sure you're prepared because if you shoot it and the opportunity comes along and you're not ready boom one hit wonder yeah exactly if that even if you even get that far so it's uh it's interesting um mari i could just talk to you all night about all the cool stuff that you're working on I, I feel like I could talk to you guys all night. We're just like, I, 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 I think it's okay. What I want to say is on the topic of hard work, when you see folks doing what you guys, what, what you both do professionally and what you, you know, what you see as the, as the final product, right? Like you've listened to what an hour, an hour and a half of this show, um, or you've watched an hour and a half of this show, the, amount of preparation uh that that you both do for this show um the the professionalism you bring to it it's not learned overnight and i think that is something that needs to be continuously said it doesn't always even come from the job that you're doing right like it comes from so many different aspects so many different odd jobs that you've de- taken um, all the, all the roads always lead there and it's not always finite. It's not always, um, like, uh, like a literal road that, that brings you there. So I don't know if, if anyone who's listening is like wondering how to get there, it is just take all the experiences and learn from every one of them. Cause they always come back. I know for a fact that I use the things that I learned in ballet and you would never think that that it actually would parallel with gaming and anything else that I do, but it does. And so, um, take that as a, as a thing where it's like, whatever work you're in right now, it will probably come back to you in the weirdest ways in what you mm-hmm. aspire to do. Fantastic advice. That's wonderful advice. Yeah. What a great way to end the show. Mari, thank you so much for being here with us. If people want to keep in touch with everything you're doing, watch your shows, check out the tournaments, like where's a great place for people to kind of keep tabs on what you've got going on? Uh, if you're a visual person, Instagram. If you like to go to a bunch of different links and stuff, it's Twitter and they're both at Atomic Mari. Are you still streaming? streaming yeah yeah i'm taking a little bit of a uh like once a week schedule right now um for twitch but uh and until this this movie's done um but yeah i started streaming on twitch during the pandemic and i love the space i, I love the community um it, it's really blown my mind um and I I think this goes with a lot of the things that we talk about in gaming as much as there are the big headlines that might scare people off from like entering this, this business, especially like how women are treated in gaming and things like that for every bad, there is a ton of good. And I, and I like to think that the good outweighs the bad 
because that's the only way things are going to get better. But like, remember that there's a lot, a lot of good in all of the asinine things that you hear as well. We have to take care of the asinine things and we do have to um, make that better for, for, for folks coming in and folks who are presently in. Um, but, you know, let's let's thumbs up the positives too and 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 i think that i've been able to find a really wonderful corner in twitch as well so lovely community agreed well thank you everybody for joining us for this episode we'll put mari's links in the show notes so you can check out everything that she's got going on she posts a lot of fun stuff on instagram Uh, i watch a lot of your instagram stuff um and we hope that you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend we'll see you next week bye everybody bye thank you